Well, good morning again. Great to be here. So I've been preaching 15 plus years, various churches, the church that I worked at for 17 and a half or 18 and a half years. I've never had a week like I had this week. I could not put this message together. I tried, block, something would happen. I tried something else, block, it would happen. And I continued to pray, Lord, what's going on here? 9.30 last night, I finished my message. I went to print it off, no print in the ink in the printer, no ink in the printer. And I thought, okay, that's all right. The devil doesn't want this to happen. Somebody needs to hear this message this morning. I don't know who it is, but this message is for you or for somebody's in this church. And that's not a joke. I've been praying this whole week. In fact, I, I met with a friend and I said, hey, what is God laying on your heart? And he said, well, God's been kind of laying on my heart perseverance. And I said, of course he's been laying on your heart perseverance. Because that's what I've been going to be preaching on is Hebrews 10, 19 through 23, which if you have your Bibles, I invite you to get that out. But it's only been by the prayers of my friends and family that this was completed. I believe that. I'm not going to go into any details. For Other than that, it's been a great week. My wife and I celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. Got on a, yeah, I know. It's awesome. Yeah. It's even more amazing since I'm only 27. Um, and it's just been a great week in that way. But as far as studying God's word and trying, it was just like Satan was like, you're not going to do this. And God's like, no, you are. Just continue. On Friday, I was looking at other passages. I was looking at other sermons that I'd created. And I'm like, well, maybe I can do something I've already done before. And God was like, no, this is what you're going to do. And you're going to trust in me that I'm going to give you this information. And we're going we're to talk a little bit about that. And I just want to share with you why perseverance? That's what I was asking myself. That's the title of my message. But I was literally asking, why perseverance, Lord? I talked about perseverance the first part of June when I, when I was here preaching. You may or may not remember that. We looked over Hebrews 35 through 39. One of the points was perseverance. Faithfully serving and believing according to Hebrews 10, 35 through 39. So why am I going to be preaching this again? Why do I need to persevere as a follower of Jesus? Why do I need to preach on it? Here's the conclusion that I came up with. Perseverance is a gift. And you're like, no, it's not really a gift. No, perseverance is a gift. Stick with me. I've sat in on two criminal cases in my time as a pastor. Now, I wasn't the person that was being prosecuted. Each court case was about 10 days. And I, I walked alongside of the people that were in the case. And I said, I will support you no matter what happens. And I will be there every day sitting in the court. The first one I went to, I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect. I came into the court. It was like anything that Hollywood would ever show you. The family was on one side, the other family was on the other side, the judge was up front, the clerk, the bailiff, the jury walked in, and I'm like, Hollywood, had, they can't glamorize this any more than that. I mean, it was like, just like everything I'd ever seen. 
And the lawyers got up and they, they gave their opening remarks about the case and what they were going to do. They faced the jury and talked to them. And the prosecutor once in a while would look back and point at who he was prosecuting. And then he would look back at the jury and share. And the defense did the same thing. And I remember the prosecutor said, I have to show with a, without a shadow of a doubt that this man is guilty. And I'm going to do that as he confidently sat down. And the defense attorney would get up and he would say, my job is to create just the littlest bit of doubt in your mind on whether he's guilty or not. And if I do, you have to render him innocent. And I thought to myself, wow, that prosecutor's got a lot. He's got a lot to have to figure out here. And in Hebrews, that's kind of what the writer of Hebrews is doing. The author of Hebrews does the same thing as these, these lawyers were doing. Now, I'm not saying the writer of Hebrews was a lawyer. He takes his time writing a defense for the first nine and a half chapters of it that Christ is worthy and superior to any other person, priest, covenant that has ever been and will ever be and worthy of our perseverance as followers of Christ. It's a gift. And so he systematically presents his case. And if you have your Bibles in Hebrews 10, 1923, he starts with the word, therefore. That's a transition. And in seminary, they always told me, whenever there's a therefore in a passage, you need to research why the therefore is therefore. And so we look at it. Let's read it now in Hebrews 10, 19 through 23. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. This is not a message that comes easy to me personally. The last two years has been perseverance. I want to go into too many details. I just, I just know all too well what it looks like to struggle and wonder what God is up to and why he's not working the way I want him to work. Maybe you're in that place today. Maybe something happening in your, maybe you lost your job, or maybe it's just something as a child isn't doing what you want to do. Maybe you just recently got a cancer diagnosis. I got a buddy, I'm wearing his, this is a reminder to pray for him. Just turned 43 years old and found out he had cancer a month ago. My brother-in-law, 44, got cancer last July and died December 12th of this past year. 
perseverance, struggle. Why is he not working the way that I want him to? And yet feeling the call to persevere and trust him. That was the tension this week. Lord, I know, but why couldn't you give me the message on Tuesday so I could have better study and better stories and funnier things to say and more elaborate things to say? And, and the answer was persevere. It's a gift. The Hebrew of writers, he's not known. We don't exactly know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Likely he was writing to the Jewish Christians. We believe that the Christians were under intense persecution of the time, the Roman government, and they're wondering if they should just go back to the old ways. It was a lot easier. I heard this week that at the height of the, the, the Israel and Judah empire, empires that on the Day of Atonement, there would, they would sacrifice some 250,000 goats and sheep to atone for sins. Can you imagine that? I've been hunting for 25 years. I know what it looks like to gut a deer and how much blood there is. One, 250,000. They wanted to go back to that. Let's go back to our old ways, the way that we knew. How many of us look in the rearview mirror of our life and go, I want to get back to that? Yet I think of Lot and his wife. What was the one command Jesus, that God said to them when they left Sodom and Gomorrah? Don't look back. Don't look back. And so while this time that I'm persevering, God's saying, don't look back. And I'm like, man, but I want to look back because I want to go back. And he said, no, 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 no. I want you to move forward. The writer gives a defense of why they should persevere through the entire letter. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Whenever you see the word, therefore, remind yourself, what is the word, therefore, therefore? In this case, the writer of Hebrews has just given an 18-verse explanation in chapter 10 that Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice for all time, which did away with the old sacrificial system. In fact, chapters 1 through 10 is a dissertation or working up of to prove that Christ is superior to any system, prophet, priest, or leader for all time, past, present, and future. The exhortation or the encouragement to understand these truths begins in verse 19 of chapter 10. The theme is the, supreme, the supremacy and sufficiency of Christ. Why is that so important to note? Because the church was under heavy persecution. Knowing that Christ is sufficient and supreme in every way, including forgiveness and strength, gives encouragement to perseverance amidst the difficulties of life. It's a gift. Why is perseverance a gift? Because in the most difficult times in our life, we can find peace. That's the crazy part of being a follower of Christ. It's a gift. Look at verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. What's the most holy place? 
The most holy place is the presence of God. In Israel's time, there was only one person that could go into the most holy place, the, the high priest. What's Hebrews saying? Everybody can enter the most holy place because of what Jesus did. Ephesians 3.12 says, we may approach God because of our faith in Christ. Do you understand how cool that is? The God of this universe that created it. I was praising God the other day. Lord, I praise you for, the, for creating the men and women that could create an automobile. We give ourselves all this credit, but in the end, who's the one who really created that? God. Ephesians 2, 18 says that we have access to the Father by one Spirit, the triune God working together. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, see what the writer of Hebrews is doing. He's saying, remember the most holy place where only one person could go? He's saying, now everybody gets to go. Remember that. You don't want to go back to the old way you can have confidence to go before God and present to him your request on behalf of others and for you because of the blood of Jesus. And then he continues in verse 20, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. So verses 19 and 20 work with each other. This happens often. Both verses speak of the new way, its goal and the sacrificial death of Jesus as the basis for entrance. We can recognize that verse 20, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, makes verse 19 clear. It reiterates and further explains the superiority of the death and resurrection of Christ. I'm just, side note, if you're a youth here, if you want to learn how to make a case for yourself, to want to be able to do something to your parents, read verses 19 through 23 in the way that the, the writer of Hebrews brings it together. Verse 20, our soul has to hope to enter the inner sanctuary because Jesus went before us. We can enter into God's presence because of the gift of Jesus. And because of that, these two verses give a promise that had never been heard before or since. It's an exhortation to us as individual believers of Jesus. And as a corporate body of believers, which we're going to talk about next week, I don't know why it like, went like that, but next week I guess is back there. <laughs> as a corporate body of believers to persevere no matter the life circumstances. I can't say it enough that the Bible intends for us to understand perseverance as a gift. I think Jesus' words on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, 13 through 14 give us hope as well. Narrow is the gate and the road of those who follow Christ, and wide is the gate and wide is the road of those who choose not to. I think especially in America with all of the prosperity and money and things, and I look at the new cars that are coming out and the things that they can do, and they look glamorous and they look awesome, and that's the wide road. You go down there, 
I want to be careful. Owning those is not the wide road, but if that becomes your goal, and, and, the, and, and Jesus is saying it's going to look like that path is the right path, but remember God's truth never stops being true. And there's days where I'm, I tell myself, I don't want to walk through the narrow gate anymore. This is too painful. But Jesus reminds me of that perseverance. N.T. Wright has a book called Hebrews for Everyone. And he answers the questions, why perseverance? He says, we look back to the event outside Jerusalem on that dark Friday afternoon and thank God for what was accomplished fully and finally on our behalf. We look back to the event outside of Jerusalem, right? The prophecy that Jesus was going to be crucified outside the city walls of Jerusalem on that Friday afternoon and thank God for what was accomplished fully and finally on our behalf. What is the writer of Hebrews saying? It's worth, it's a gift to persevere because of what Christ did on the cross. If you're in that place right now in that, that time of your life where you're persevering, something difficult is going on, something that's happened in the last couple years, God is saying, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Verse 21, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, Verse 21, Jesus was made like his brothers, which allowed him to be the high priest in service to God. He was fully man and yet fully God and ultimately atoned for our sins. I think that's interesting that in Hebrews 2.17, it says that he was made like his brothers. The defense is, is that remember Jesus was fully man, fully human. He had emotions. When, La when he heard that Lazarus had died and he came, what did he do? He wept. Verse 21, Jesus, however, is also called the son over God's house. Jesus is the chief shepherd of the church. And I know this congregation is looking for a shepherd, but you're not looking for your chief shepherd because he's already here. The church and the good news will not be defeated. It won't. You can look at what the world's doing. I talked to somebody today and they said, or the other day, and they said, man, it just seems like America is kind of going to hell in the handbasket. And I thought to myself, yeah, but God's church, the truth, it'll never be defeated. There is hope, there is joy, there is peace in knowing this truth. No matter the circumstances of our lives or church, as followers of Christ, we have the, the great high priest who is over the house of God. Think about the protection that gives the church. There might be a day, who knows, where we can't meet corporately like this, but we have to go underground and in secret. 
If you read Voice of the Martyrs app, you'll see how many churches are underground in the countries throughout this world. But here's the amazing thing. They're growing. Two of the fastest growing churches are in areas of the world that are the most oppressive to Christians. That makes no sense other than perseverance and what Christ is doing. Remember when you were kids, you used to play a game like tag. And if you were like me, I would always put a force field around myself. I don't know if you guys ever did force fields. And we would run around and somebody would touch you. Oh, I got a force field. I'm, you know, yeah, but I can touch you. Yeah, but I've got a force field. It doesn't count. And that was normally when I was tired and I didn't want to run anymore. And then, and then if they're like, well, I got a double force field so I can get through your one force field. So then what did I say? I got three force fields. And we would get to the point where I had an infinite number of force fields. And I loved the word infinity when I was a kid, so I'd always go straight to that. I'm, I got infinite number. That's the kind of protection that God has on his church. Each morning, I make a habit of getting up, and I do a few things now. The first thing I do is I pray through Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, which is the armor of God. I recognize the devil is real. We can't blame everything on the devil, but the devil is real. And his demons are real. And the attacks on our lives are real. We need to understand that, otherwise Paul would not have talked about that. He wouldn't have talked about it in Romans, that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of darkness. The second, I spend time in quiet meditation on, tr- on the truth of God's Word. And finally, I confess my sin in order to allow there not to be any foothold for the devil to get a hold of in my life. Look at verse 22 this morning. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. The last few days, the prayer of my heart, this in, including this morning, as I prepared to come to church, was Ephesians six nineteen. If you have your Bible and you want to turn there, feel free to do that. It says, pray also for me. This is Paul that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. As followers of Christ, there are going to be times in our lives, maybe it's right now, that we need to persevere. Why persevere as followers of Christ? Because of the great high priest that we worship and serve. That's the reason why, to persevere. We have to continue to remember that the Mosaic law was never sufficient for the forgiveness of our sins. The hope was always in the future Messiah. We can draw near to God because of having our bodies washed with pure water and cleansed by the blood of Christ. What used to be an outer washing ceremony 
in the old law is now an inner cleansing of our hearts before and because of Jesus. I listened to podcasts quite a bit. I was painting for about seven weeks prior to uh, getting my new uh, ministry position. And I, the last time I was here, I told you how much I didn't like painting. Um, but I did like all of the podcasts that I got to listen. One of the podcasts I listened to is a guy named Matt Chandler. He's a, a pastor of the Village Church in Flower Mound, Texas. He's like 6'5". He's got a super loud voice. Got more gray matter than I'll ever had in my, have in my life as far as brains. He has coins this saying that he shares with his church all the time. We were made for the day and the day was made for us. God is giving us the strength through his word, the saving grace of Jesus and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to persevere and proclaim the good news today. If you read the news and that's all you ever read, you're going to lose hope. But remember, we were made for the day and the day was made for us. God created us for this time for a very specific reason. And if you think to yourself, I can't handle this, that's not true. That's the devil lying. That's your own sin nature. God knew this church at one point was going to be surrounded with housing developments. This church. Think back 20 years ago. This church was in the middle of nowhere. And now it's in the middle of somewhere. Perseverance. The mission field is ripe. In our per perseverance and reliance on him, it gives us the strength to reach those who have never or are running from Christ. We have to be hungry for God and his word. We have to ask God for that and be willing to be used by him in ways we thought not possible. This morning I woke up. I've been thinking about we live um, just over in Stanwood. We live in a, in a development that you drive in and it's a T. And I was just thinking this morning, we got to do a block party to get to know our neighbors. Other than just every once in a while waving them out as they drive by. It wouldn't be hard. Just give them a flyer that says, hey, on this day, this time, bring, bring a drink, bring a protein, or a, if you're a vegetarian, bring a bean burger. Um, I'm going to bring a hamburger. Um, and whatever else dish you want, just for some fellowship and getting to know our neighbors. That's how that begins. And then he ends in verse 23 this morning with, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. This is my favorite verse of all the ones we did today. It's like holding on to the steering wheel. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. I thought about going down Highway 2, Stevens Pass. Have you ever gone down Highway 2, Stevens Pass? Super sharp, right towards the, right towards the bottom. It kind of starts to curve to the left. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it curves like that. And there's been a couple times where I've been going too fast. That doesn't happen a lot, but I was going too fast. Okay, it happens a lot. I was going too fast, and I had to hold on because I'm like, oh, I don't know if we're going to make this.
Or maybe you hit some ice and you grab on as tight as you can or the s snowy slush on the road and your car is going in different, and you're just hanging on as tight as you can, which they tell you not to do that, but whatever, I do it. That's what I think of when I read the first part of verse 22 and 23. Don't let go of the steering wheel of truth, of hope and love that we profess. Persevere. God is faithful. He who promised is faithful. He's faithful if we persevere. Don't let go of the steering wheel of truth, of hope and love that we profess. God is faithful. Jesus is faithful in saving. The Holy Spirit is faithful in indwelling. We are God's house who Jesus is faithful to, according to Hebrews 3. We are called by God in fellowship with Jesus, who is faithful to us. There's nothing outside of God's protection of us as followers of Jesus Christ. It's not like one day he wakes up and he says, I'm going to take today off. Good luck, Satan. That is why our perseverance can be unshaken, because of what Hebrews 1, chapter 1, all the way to chapter 13 is saying, those are faithful, persevere. I got a blog. Uh, I'm connected to Caring Bridge. I've got about, I don't know, a half dozen or more people I pray for each day who have cancer. And one of the gentlemen that I've been praying for, I've been praying for over two years, he's had bone cancer, and he's been in 10 out of 10 pain for 26 months straight. And I think of his perseverance during this time. I'm going to read his wife's last post. The names will remain anonymous because I haven't gotten permission from them. This was their last post. When what I want you to do is I want you to think of the word perseverance when you think of what has just been written. It says, Happy July. It really seems unreal that it is already July, but there we are. I was going to wait until after his PET scan to update, but his scan was canceled due to a broken machine. And it is rescheduled for Thursday, so I'm updating anyway. It's been two years since he was diagnosed with multiple myeloma and bone metastasis. I don't know if I said that word right. Cancer. And it's been a long, bumpy road. Today he's in the middle of a rough week, and he is not sure what is causing it. He's not had chemo in over three months, and for a while he was feeling so much better without all of the side effects from the chemo and only having to manage pain. So he was occasionally getting out and going on some fun things with the boys. It felt like he had some control over it. However, last week he started to have some pain in new places and harder to manage. He's back to having headaches, unsteady gait, horrible fatigue all day, even after sleeping decently at night. Along with some other new and unusual symptoms without chemo or medications causing them, my hope is that he will be able to get answers soon so he will know what is causing him to feel so horrible and find ways to get past this. I asked him what his thoughts are when he's looking back over the last two years. Since diagnosis, and he started to say 
It's a roller coaster. But then he stopped and said, saying it is a roller coaster implies there are ups. It, it, it really hasn't been like that. Very few ups. The one great thing is that I was able to go back to work and do it from home. It really is a blessing that he's been able to work again and from home. So that is my quick update. I will update more after his PET scan on Thursday. Please pray that the test goes well. For him not to be feeling so horrible, continued prayers over his pain, and please pray for his spirit. He has been fighting a long time, and he is exhausted from it. Thank you for your continued love and support and prayers on this journey. We love and appreciate you. I read that th this week, and my heart just sank. But as I was looking at these verses, again, Hebrews 10, 19 through 23, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter to the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through this curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. The last part of that line brings the most hope for me in my own perseverance and hopefully for him in his journey with cancer. For he who promised is faithful. God is faithful in our perseverance. But even in our perseverance, we have to understand that it is a gift to know that God is with us. Let's pray. Lord, my prayer is for specific, uh, specifically if there is anybody in here today that needed to hear the message of perseverance to why should I persevere? The simple answer is, is that God is faithful through the, through the sacrifice of his son Jesus and through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. A gift. I pray for those who might be going through a difficult time might be enduring something they never thought, or maybe it is unbearable to them and their perspective. Today, I pray that your Holy Spirit would indwell them with peace and give them strength and perseverance. Lord, as this church perseveres for the next lead pastor, I pray that you would guide the right man here to love and shepherd and to teach and to continue to do the ministries that are being done here. Thank you for this opportunity to come and share your word. I pray that it would penetrate the hearts of those that are here today. Not my words being spoken, but you spoken through me. I pray and ask these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's this time of the day where we get up, shake somebody's hand, and say, hey, you don't want to go to lunch today? Have a great rest of the day. You are dismissed.